Enter the healer's realm where your spirit will find peace with your host, Denise Damijo. We are here to remember. We are here to heal. We are here to ascend and transcend. Grab your free gift in the podcast description today. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome. For our next guest, I have Freya Anana here, and she is absolutely incredible. Just a little bit about her. She's going to be talking about how trauma speaks through our bodies and really, you know, how we could just know the trauma and understand it if we're just listening to our bodies. And so a little bit about Freya. She is an integrative mental health advocate, psychosomatic therapist, trauma release facilitator, and her professional experience includes many years as a registered nurse, registered midwife, and more recently psychosomatic therapist, as well as being certified in other complementary healing modalities. She has co-founded and run a healing retreat center, Anana Sanctuary. With locations in Florida and Costa Rica, Um, she has written extensively in blogs and articles and advocates for mental health, women's issues, and civil rights. Her upbringing and early life spent with the polygamous community of Southern BC, Canada, has sparked a passion for freedom and healing and deep compassion for those still in their own healing process. She has spent her life interacting with patients and clients in environments ranging from childbirth to various modalities and levels of healing. And she connects easily with others to discover what would be best served to assist in their highest empowerment and authentic expressions. Whoa, that is a lot of amazing work. So, you know, I have so many questions and I'm quite sure that the audience will too, especially after hearing about your story. When I heard, when I read some of your story, it was just incredibly amazing. And so please, what is your story? Please tell the audience what your story is because it's amazing. Thank you. I grew up in Southern Alberta, Canada, and I was married in an arranged marriage at the age of 15 and became the second wife of men in Southern British Columbia who came to be the polygamous leader of the community several years later at that point. And he ended up having a total of 27 wives and over 150 children. And so it was certainly challenging and I would have to say very interesting path to live. And literally there were times that I wanted to leave the planet that I felt like if there was nothing more in this life that I didn't want to be here. So literally I felt suicidal. And as a professional and nurse to have those symptoms and thoughts coming up in myself, who at the time I had 12 children and It was incredibly terrifying for me. And also I felt hopeless because I couldn't change the situation that I was in from the inside, no matter how hard I tried. So it was a very, very challenging experience. Women did not have a voice. It's very patriarchal society and sexually repressive society. 
So women's needs and pleasure are certainly not taken into account at all. And birth control was not allowed, hence 12 children. (laughs) And it was a really intense journey. And I literally had to numb myself out to not feeling pretty much became the walking dead to survive in that society because I I couldn't actually be who I am and who I am is a very passionate, powerful woman. And I'm incredible. You know, I, I'm a very loving, passionate and compassionate woman. And I really had to shut that down. Finally, (laughs) 11 years ago now, I had the courage to say no more. And I left I walked away from that and I could have told myself the story. In fact, it went through my mind because I finally decided, you know, I deserve more than this. I deserve a real partnership, not someone who pays no attention to me, who is so involved in their own wants and desires and feelings of superiority as a leader in a patriarchal society that, you know, I wanted a real meaningful relationship, a companion, uh, someone that I could share that passion with, that I could cuddle with in the evenings and, and all of that. I wanted it all. And I finally overcame my fear because it's a very fear-based religion that if you know, you're not faithful to the man you're placed with and faithful to the end, then you'll be damned to hell forever. So I walked away and I said, no more. I, I couldn't be complicit with what was going on in the religion anymore because I didn't want that for my daughters and I didn't want my sons to feel like that it's okay for a man to treat women this way. I walked away and and, so many people fall into the fallacy of staying together for the children. I left not just for me, but for my children so they could see a better way and one that was more in integrity and When we aren't in our authentic expression, we're out of integrity with that. And our bodies will tell us that. And so that's, again, one of the ways the body will speak to us is, you know, either through mental health, where I was feeling suicidal, or, you know, other kinds of mental symptoms, or even physical symptoms where we're literally having disease in the body. I weighed 40 pounds more than I do now. You know, it's incredible how the body will like actually hold weight to hide. I was literally afraid that, you know, some other man might be attracted to me. And and I didn't, I wasn't conscious of it at the time, but looking back. And so I held on to that weight. It's, it's incredible what our bodies can tell us. And I finally left and I wrote in my journal, the kind of relationship that I desired to experience and how it would feel to be with that person really focused on how it would feel. And two weeks later, the partner that I'm with now that who I do this healing work with Mika asked me out. And this was a couple months after I had left the religion. And so then, uh, you know, we didn't actually see each other for a few weeks, but yeah. And it was a distance relationship for a while and it has grown and evolved and we've healed together. We've, that was just the beginning of my healing journey, the very beginning. And you know, this, this life with Mika has been a path, a journey of healing deeply and discovering really on a deep level who I am, coming into greater and greater integrity in that expression and my purpose, which is 
walking beside others as they discover their true expression, not mine, their own, and guiding them into listening to their bodies and the messages that their bodies have for them because trauma just it's stored in the body and it will tell us what we need to heal. Wow, that is so incredible. And it's so amazing that once we step out, that we're actually, the opportunity is right on the other side. I mean, it's just really kind of up to us to say, I'm done with this. I'm really truthfully done with this. And the universe, uh, God always has something on the other side to help us, but we have to make that decision. So when you first left, and that's just incredible that you found your partner and the one that is helping you doing all the healing within what you're doing. But when you first left, did you or have you since kept in contact with any of the other women that were there? Were you able to help any of them leave? A couple of them have left since I did. Some have left before I did. Uh, One of my biological sisters left before I did. She's my younger sister. And then my other sister, both my biological sisters were married to the same man as me. And one of them is still with him. She still is in a place of fear. Not only that, um, you know, the whole going to hell story that, that religion teaches, but also the story that I kind of implied earlier is, you know, I could tell myself that story of what man would want a woman with 12 children. that it would be impossible for me to find someone Uh and that I wouldn't be able to make it on my own. And she lives in that fear and others. For me, it's like I already been to hell in that. It's like I learned what freedom feels like by experiencing that path and then choosing out of it and choosing to actually tap into who I am. So freedom is a a lesson that I've learned. Yes, yes. Wow, that's amazing. And and I think that a lot of people, when they go through that kind of trauma, or any kind of real trauma, it is a question that kind of like haunts us, who would want us after the trauma that we've been through? Who would even deal with us? Yes. And that's why a lot of people end up staying in that traumatic cycle, because they're afraid to leave. Yes. And this is true on so many levels in so many different kinds of trauma. And often abusive partners will reinforce that. They'll say things that literally feed that belief as that, you know, in that you're unlovable. Nobody else would ever want you. There's no way you can get away with me. You're not capable of supporting yourself and just really feeding those disempowering beliefs that have been created through the trauma that we've experienced experienced the the things that maybe were said to us as children it's really deep the fear is deep and sometimes it's a rational fear and sometimes it's an irrational fear based on a a very um like something that even was said maybe not even meaning to be harmful but it is when we're children exactly exactly and yes that is exactly the grip that a lot of of the kind of like uh, the people that want to keep that control over other people. They say those things. They say, who'd want you? And it really does keep us in bondage. I have actually been through that same kind of thing where I had a partner 
And some of the things that uh, he would say was, nobody's going to want you. You're damaged goods, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And it made me stay in the relationship for longer of a process than what I was able to, uh, you know, break free from. Another question that I had was, as far as for your children, for you, when you left, number one, what was the age ranges of your children and how did they handle that? You know, and how was their healing process? Uh, My oldest was 27 and my youngest was seven when I left. And, uh, or he turned, well, they, they turned that age like a couple months after I left. And now the child that we have together, my partner and I, he's seven years old now. And it's been, you know, 10 years since we got together. So yeah, it's been an incredible um, experience. A couple of my daughters were very, very resentful of me leaving. A lot of the kids really got it the way I explained it to them. And I didn't try to paint their dad as a villain. It was more of a place of working and not working kind of thing. And even saying that, you know, I, I don't, you know, explaining that, that I don't want my daughters to have that kind of, to, to, to feel like that's okay to allow themselves to be treated that way. And, but, but two of my daughters, one was 14 and one was 18 at the time. So teenagers really resented it and um, kind of fought against it. And, it's been, it was a, a struggle, especially for my new partner at the time, to just be able to allow them to be in whatever they were experiencing, feeling, and yet not taking it personally. And, um, you know, and I feel like not holding their dad in the place of the villain really made it possible for them to move through that and see beyond that. And eventually accept Mika. Like all my kids love Mika now. So it's been a really, really powerful journey with all of them. And um, in this past year, I had one of my sons. She was out through suicide just before his 21st birthday. And that was because of the trauma that he experienced as a small child in the community. And he just, had so much fear and pain from the beliefs that he took on as a child from what he experienced with his father and other people in the family were very non-accepting of his very loud and boisterous and fiery joyful nature and all his emotions were big they were just big and and, uh, in spite of the fact that I am a professional trauma release worker he was not ready for that work and I couldn't reach him. Quite a journey. It's been a very, very intense journey. Yeah, that is, first of all, my condolences for your, you know, loss. I I couldn't imagine as, as a mother, you know, losing one of my children. I mean, it doesn't matter how many children you have or how long they've been on this earth, just to lose a child as a parent is extremely um, traumatic. And um, I'm so glad that you're still continuing the work. And you know what, I'm one of the things that has stuck with me, because a lot of times it's especially healers and people that are in the profession of helping other people to break these cycles and chains, sometimes within our own lives, um, our own families, our own children 
sometimes are not ready to take the healing journey. For me, I know that I have questions because I have a I, I have people in my life that's like, well, why can't if I'm so good at what I do, why can't I help this person? And it kind of like makes you question your calling and um, also your own journey. Like, why couldn't I save this person? Why couldn't I help this person? So, how was that for you? And how did you get through that? How did you navigate through that? Um, by listening to your own body and your own ability to heal? First of all, if I didn't have the tools that I have for healing and for moving through the grieving process and being able to process my emotions and and release them and just really listening to my body, then I don't know where I would be. That experience could have really taken me off my path. Yeah. And yeah, I had to ask myself the questions like, why couldn't I reach my son? Why couldn't, you know, if I'm, you know, I've seen the results I've, that I've in partnership with other people who've worked with me created in other people's lives and in my own life. And, you know, why couldn't I reach him? And you're right. We can't reach anyone who is unwilling and not ready to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, like my sister, she's still with my ex-husband. And, you know, she has said things of, of how I've inspired her and, and all of these things, but she's not ready to move through the fear yet. And, and then with my son, yeah, that's the, that's the hardest, that's literally the hardest experience I've ever been through. And I'm still moving through. Um, grief isn't gone in a, in a particular period of time. And I've also learned that grief is a form of love. And if we didn't love deeply, we wouldn't have that grief. And so to have gratitude for that and to know that we had that experience with him of this amazing, joyful spirit in our lives and to have loved him that deeply to have experienced that much grief when he left. But also having received the messages from him in ways that were absolutely undeniable that it was him speaking to me and letting me know that he had to leave and that part of the reason that he left was to take the work that I am meant to do in this world of healing to the next level. And it has. Wow. And so with our loved ones gone, I I lost a, a loved one that and it almost broke me and uh, for a while it did really break me to the point where I couldn't understand especially you know you kind of like question um God like why would you do this why would this happen to me and um it's just so wonderful that you said that you are still connected with your son even though that he is no longer physically in this world but you're still connected with him and he has helped you take your healing to the next level to help others. That's incredible. That is incredible. And I think that a lot of people um, sometimes feel as if that the trauma that they've been through is something that they can't get over. But realistically, a lot of times it's an opportunity for us to take that trauma and really create something great out of it. And if, if, just like you said, if we're listening to our bodies and listening to the universe, really listening and, and hearing what it's telling us to do and how to move forward. I'm really excited about 
the things that you are doing. What made you want to start your retreat, your, your healing retreat? Well, it was us actually having the experience of a, a going through a process that really took us into our bodies and gave us the tools to release the emotions and the trauma on it on multiple levels from the body. And we've taken it even deeper since then, added more tools and more modalities to it. But it made such a profound difference. And it's where you were talking about, you know, where we feel like we're damaged goods and we can never get past that. We have these triggers in relationship that come up and make it so that it's hard for us to move past what has happened in the past. And even though um, what we're feeling has nothing to do with maybe the person we're with now, the triggers will come up and um, cause really strong reactions within us. And that's, you know, those triggers are just an indication that the trauma is not healed in the body yet. It's the body telling us that, you know, there's something left to heal. And once we actually are able to release those emotions, you know, it's like expressing and releasing on the, the mental, emotional, physical, and energetic levels at the same time, because that's how trauma is stored and entangled in our nervous system is on all four levels. Simultaneously, it gets tangled in there. So then you have to go through the process of releasing on all the levels so that it's actually literally gone from the body and we just retain the wisdom from the experience rather than the triggers of it and having the emotions come up over and over. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And I think that um, just like you said, it's like these triggers indicate to us that something is still there that needs to be healed. And yeah. a lot of times the triggers, we kind of like overlook them. We could, you know, there's a lot of times that we could overlook them and continue to be in the same cycles because we're not listening to our bodies. And so yeah. it's just really interesting that you said that. And also how you said it's, it's really deep and embedded pretty much in our nervous systems. What are the modalities that you normally use with people to help them to like navigate through that and heal? We have uh, our signature process includes um, Reiki and Sekim energy work. It includes somatic body work, NLP and hypnotherapy techniques, specific ones, some breath work, psychosomatic therapies. Um, like just there's a few others as well, crystals, um, aromatherapy. But there's just so much that we know. It's like an intuitive process that we bring in, and we're using you know voice, breath, movement, and sensation simultaneously. Um, in the sessions to guide people through that process of full expression and release of those emotions because we actually have a societal level trauma in Western culture where emotion has been shamed and suppressed to the point that we don't experience our emotions. And this is how we can release traumas through the full expression on all four levels of those emotions consciously with intention to release the the trauma that's stored in the body that's how we can access it and release it and because of the societal level trauma where we're not allowed to express and in fact we're shamed for expression of emotion and like literally to the point where i have witnessed a woman grieving the loss of her son and she's just openly crying at his funeral and people saying, oh, she's not handling that very well, is she? Someone should sedate her 
that would be the kind thing to do when actually she was handling it perfectly. She was grieving. And, and when, you know, and, and this is true of especially women's anger, especially women's rage. And when we're not allowed to express our anger, our rage, which is sacred and actually can be transmuted into our magnificence and power, then we shut down. We end up depressed. Like depression is literally anger that we don't believe we have a right to feel or express. And so then it, it gets depressed in the body and we literally become depressed. We become anxious. We have all of these things that these symptoms that we experience in the body, like right down to physical dis-ease in the body. I had a thyroid condition and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I can cure people's physical diseases, but it's amazing what the body can do when it's given the tools that it needs to heal. So, and Literally, I mean, when you look at throat chakra, mm-hmm. voice shut down, not speaking your truth, you know, all of these things, they have a physical effect as well as an emotional and mental one. That is yeah. so true. That is so, so true. And I like how you said that emotion, you know, society has made it to where, especially Western society, that it's ashamed for feeling emotions. And you are so, so accurate with that. And especially just like you said, rage, um, anger, uh, and, and then also, you know, grief. We're told yeah. to, you know, handle it differently or handle it better. Whereas if you're dealing with emotional intelligence, these are real feelings. These are real mm-hmm. emotions. And every single emotion is significant and important for us to acknowledge and really, you know, navigate through, but we are told, hey, keep that down. You know, don't yeah. worry about that. Sweep it underneath the rug, whereas it prevents us from really going forward in our healing process. Exactly. And so I'm so glad that you're doing that kind of work because a lot of people have become numb to it. I know at one point in time, that was me. I was numb to my emotions because I didn't feel like it was safe to express them. I didn't feel like it was safe to really be what I was in that emotion and feel really truthfully feel it. And so I could understand it and process it and also uh, grow from it and move on. That is so, so important that we're actually uh, doing that. And you're absolutely right as far as different things that happen with our bodies because of, you know, just like you said, the throat chakra, you know, not being able to tell talk about our, you know, truth and vocalize ourselves in a manner that we feel like we're heard, that really can make you to have actual physical disease and hurt you in the end if you do not have that outlet. And um, I've seen a lot of different diseases happen to others because of them not taking care of their bodies and everything else. And also not knowing exactly that these things exist. Just like you said, with the throat chakra and and all the other chakras too, when these things are not in alignment and these things are not taken care of, these elements, these illnesses pop up and and a lot of times they can be healed. Not to say that we do heal those things, but I have seen in myself, I have had healing because I treated this actual symptom of that chakra. 
So that's so wonderful that you're doing that work. And now, when did you open up your retreat? Uh, we started doing our um, retreat in summer of 2016 when we moved to Florida and started doing the healing work full time. I was working as a registered nurse up until then. And then uh, we moved to Costa Rica in 2017 in the summer and we did the healing work there for three years. And then now we're back in British Columbia, Canada, because since COVID has happened, uh, people just traveling for retreats has been kind of, you know, it's not, not a really viable option so much anymore. But being here and, and being able to, to go into the U.S. for a while and then into Canada, we have been able to work with people in Canada and the U.S., um, on an individual basis, which is our, our retreats have always been individual intensive healing journeys with people. The work that we do is like two practitioners, one client, and really taking them deep into their bodies and, and actively releasing the trauma that is stored there. So it's an intensive and it's, it's just one person at a time. And we do have online versions of the program, which... If people do the retreat program, they do the online work as well. And it's really powerful journey as well. Of course, the hands-on work is so much deeper and people get some amazing results with the online work and doing work through video calls and processes that we give them to do on their own. It's, it's powerful. Yes, I, I definitely could imagine because uh, one of the things that I know is, is that a lot of times, number one, people don't know where to start. And number two is, is that the work to say the least is very intense at times. And a lot of people kind of get stagnant and not don't know how to navigate through that work. And they end up giving up on their yeah. journey before the actual healing process is, is completed. And realistically, it's never completed. I think that all of us, especially healers, we have to do our own work and it's a consistent thing. It's kind of like a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle, a lifestyle and also a lifelong journey of healing. And But it makes you so much more powerful. It makes you to be able to step into your power and really to find and utilize your superpowers for the greater good of yourself, your family, and for other people if that's your calling. And so can you tell me um, where would people actually start on this journey? How would people, how should people start? For me, something you mentioned earlier is very, very true. You have to be absolutely committed. It is hard work. It's intense work. I feel like the place to start is finding someone actually that you feel drawn to work with that is in alignment with that, like really going deep into the body and into the shadow work. You mentioned light work, but shadow work is an absolutely essential part of it. And so people who are, you know, avoid at all costs, the love and light only spiritual bypassing type of workers out there who want to teach the, you know, all you have to do is think positive thoughts and, you know, make sure you have positive emotions only and you all, you know, who are literally shaming, victim shaming people for not, you know, giving them this idea of that you create your own reality. And so if this is, you know, what you're experiencing, you're drawing that into your life. And so you're doing something wrong. And, you know, there's elements of truth to this, but it's not the whole story. And you can't tell someone who's actively experiencing trauma that 
it's their fault or that, you know, they're creating it because you can't heal from trauma while you're in it. Yes. So there, I'm seeing a big thing in the spiritual quote healer community of this victim shaming mentality. And it is actually re-traumatizing people and not healing. It's giving them coping mechanisms, but not real healing. It's, it's using denial and avoidance. And it's not really going into and doing the shadow work that needs to be done to actually release the trauma from the body. It's just teaching them how to live with it. And this idea that we have to live with our trauma, that there is nothing that we can do about it, we just have to cope with it, is a lie. So that's what I want people to get from that, no matter who they do choose to work with. And a mentor is really important because like you said, this is an intense process. And without some kind of guidance, people give up because, you know, they read things and the reading of something can't really give someone the full experience of it. And then they think, well, I should be able to just think these thoughts and create the healing I want. And that, it's not true. This is a body level experience. And so if what someone's teaching is not a body level experience, it's not to work. So just really trust your intuition when you're feeling drawn to something that's maybe scary because real change tends to show up in the ego as fear. So um, if it's not giving you that, like, excitement that anticipation that maybe can feel like fear it's probably not going to create the kind of results that would really make a huge difference so that's why i would say be willing to move into that and um, those experiences that do feel scary that do feel like they will change everything and a guide is a really important part of that i've had to have guides on my journey and I'm so grateful for that. It was worth, so worth doing. You're absolutely right. You're, you're so on point. I love that you said about the shadow work. And I truthfully, totally believe that too. Matter of fact, I completed some shadow work last week of some remnants of a traumatic situation that I was going through. And without doing that kind of work, going deep into it, and it's not necessarily living in the, the shadow work, because sometimes People live in it. And then also it's wonderful because the guide that you need, and, and, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that, the reason why a person would need a guide is because when they're doing the shadow work, sometimes they end up staying there and not knowing how to get back out, you know, mm -hmm. because it is deep work. It is deep emotional work. And sometimes it makes and creates a mind of negativity and a mind of this is where I am. Just like how uh, with the person that wants to keep you in control and keep you there, they remind you of, hey, nobody's going to want you because of this and because of that. And sometimes when people go into the shadow work, that's what happens is that now they're reminded of those things and they're not able to navigate themselves back out. It's so important to have a guide that understands and a guide that is willing to go deep with you but also willing to help you to find your way back out. So mm -hmm. how can people get in contact with you and connect with you? And what things do you have going on that could, uh, tools maybe, or something that you have going on that people could connect with and, and take advantage of? 
Anybody can reach me by following me on Facebook, Freya Anana, or um, also if they want to reach out to me directly, they can do so through our website, anonasanctuary.com, or my email, which is freya at anonasanctuary.com. And that's F-R-E-Y-J-A at Inanna, I-N-A-N-N-A, sanctuary.com. And also, if this is okay to, is it okay to offer something special? Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to doing like a free exploration call with people and also something that would give them like a really, uh, like a deep dive, but not as deep as like the full program is our really, really beautiful experience of three module program called Reclaiming Forgiveness. Oh. And I would be happy to give you like, like a very special price on that. Uh, for awesome. people who are listening to this and I can just make a coupon that you can post with this interview and yeah, like a super special price on it. I'm really actually excited for the people that are going to take advantage of that because it's so important and so needed. And I am definitely going to put that information and details in the links where you guys could go on ahead and click on them and take advantage because everybody needs healing in one area or the other. And it's so yeah. important to the work. It's like we, I know I am not perfect and I have, I mean, life happens. And so when life happens, here comes another opportunity for you to heal if you're listening to your body and you're taking advantage. And so I would tell you to please connect with Freya and get this information, get this healing, get these things that are going to help you to just only become your best self. And so, Freya, I'm just so thankful for you being here and sharing your story, your expertise, uh, your journey, and also your goodies <laughs> to the audience. Thank I just so appreciate it. Um, and I wanted to say that the, the reason that the reclaiming forgiveness just came up for me when we we're talking right now is that forgiveness is so often it's corrupted and twisted in our society to be used as a tool of manipulation to keep people trapped in relationships that are disempowering. And that's why we called it reclaiming forgiveness because we've taken it back into the original healing process it is for the individual, which has nothing to do with reconciliation or with absolution of someone who has actually done harm to us. So it's, it's a really, really beautiful, powerful journey. That's beautiful. And you're absolutely right. Um, thank you so much. I know definitely forgiveness and, and, and being able to use it, just like you said, in the right manner, so powerful and so important. So I appreciate you actually extending that to the audience. And I will make sure that they get the links in, in order to connect with you and also connect with the tools that you're uh, willing to give. Thank you so much for being here. I just so appreciate you, appreciate your work, appreciate your strength to do what you do every day, even in your own dismay, even in, in the times of, you know, your own chaotic life. I appreciate you. So thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Denise, for inviting me. It's been a really powerful, beautiful conversation. I feel. Yes. All right. See you next time. Thank you for watching another episode of the Healer's Realm podcast. Become a part of the tribe by getting connected on Instagram at the Shamanic Group. And don't forget your free gift in the podcast description. 
See you next time in another great episode.